Well, good morning, everybody. All right. Well, I really, uh, I really wanted to respond to Derek. He said, uh, he said, how are y'all doing this morning? I'm like, if I wanted to respond like accurately or, or honestly, I would be like, man, do you really want to know? And it's not that I'm, you know, it's not that like I'm doing bad or there's a, an extreme amount of suffering in my life or anything. But it's just one of those days where it's just like not much there, not much energy. And so I, I kind of feel that, Derek, uh, which, which you mentioned, and we mentioned it in prayer. And so how about we all pray together about whatever that is, that spiritually that is happening uh, in this place or, or, or among our people right now. How about we pray about that right now, okay? Uh, God, um, please pray along with me, guys. Uh, God... Thank you uh, for your spirit, and thank you that you do call us uh, friend, and we call you Abba, Father. And so we call upon you as our Father to, um, to, to reveal to us um, uh, you, yourself, that we would know you, that we would see you clearly uh, for who you are, uh, for, for the salvation that you, um, that you gave us. Um, what, what is it? Not, not just the theological truth, not just the, uh, us being able to repeat what, what happened, but help us to be able to see it and, and, and connect to it where it actually changes the way we worship. It changes the way we listen. It changes the way we read your word. It changes the way we love other people, God. It changes everything. And we can say along with the scriptures that we rejoice. We rejoice in the remembrance of our salvation, in the remembrance of where we were and where we are today, God. Uh, would you do that in this place today? Whatever that feeling is, that, that deadness, that um, lack of energy, I, I pray that that would not stop us from um, turning our gaze to you and allowing you to be God over us us yielding our will, yielding our ambitions and our goals to you right now. I pray in the midst of that, that it would not turn us away from you. It would actually turn us to you. So God, I pray that you would do that this morning uh, with us. Uh, for those who are online, for those who are here, do a mighty work through your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those who, um, who are new here, uh, my name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Pastor Canaan's out this week. Um, and so I've been uh, able to uh, start us through this quest, uh, this, this journey through First Peter. And I started it probably a month and a half, two months ago. And so I'm not out of the first chapter yet. Uh, I do not preach every Sunday. Uh, but I actually have been given a chance to preach uh, several times over the last two months, so uh, we're, we're actually further along than I thought we would be. And so I'm going to be in 1 Peter um, uh, chapter 1, and I'm going to look at two verses, so that doesn't help my speed process of getting through here, only two verses, but I think this is just, uh, we, we need to just stop there. So, so verses 10 uh, through 12 uh, of the first chapter of First Peter. And so uh, just in way of review, uh, we've been looking at Peter this, uh, 
Peter, we, we, man, we've been talking about Peter because there's so much information in the scriptures about Peter. And I was reading uh, this week and, we're, and it was talking about uh, one of the stories of Peter is when uh, Jesus spoke of his sufferings. He spoke of what he must do. And, and that's kind of what we'll be looking at today. And, and Peter said, no, I will never uh, uh, allow that to happen to you. Never will allow that to happen to you. It, him not understanding, him not comprehending, um, even though uh, of the Old Testament prophecies, him not comprehending that this must happen uh, to fulfill all the prophecies of the Old Testament, that he must suffer and die. Peter didn't like to hear that. So this is this same man that, 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 that said, no, Jesus, no, um, th this won't happen. I don't want this to happen to you. Um, this is the same man uh, telling uh, this church in, in Rome, t telling this church, these Gentile believers, we, we talked about them being Gentile believers. There might have been some Jews in there, but uh, we, we see this as Gentile believers who are facing many different persecution, different things. And, and it's not always, like we said, it's not uh, that it, it's uh, physical persecution only, but, but most of the persecution is persecution that we can relate to. Um, maybe a, a loss of a job because of, of, of their faith or a loss of family ties or connections because uh, relationships that they lost because they once were worshiping pagan gods and now they're, they're worshiping God and God alone. And, and so what happens is, is that what, what used to be an easy relationship, that relationship's not there anymore. It, it's, it's not strong anymore. And so, so they're, they're losing family ties. And, and, and these strong patriarchal homes, some of them would possibly get uh, rejected. Or, or, or get kicked out of their homes, or, or, or get dismissed because of their new faith in Christ. And so Peter's writing into this situation, saying, uh, saying to know that 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 you have a, a greater reward. And in a couple of scriptures, we, even last week we we talked about in this. You said you rejoice in this, in the sufferings. Uh, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable, is refined by fire. Uh, so last week we talked about that, how, how the sufferings actually don't push us away from him, but actually draw us closer to him. And, and, and so what, what I've read a little bit of, I, I don't meet, uh, read much church history, but what I uh, know about it is that most um, evangelical uh, revivals and spread of the gospel has come through persecution. So that this idea that the pandemic hurt Christianity, this idea that, that us not being able to attend church over the last couple months or the last year somehow uh, hurt the faith, that is not possible. That is not how Christianity works. Christianity works actually in the reverse of that. In this, in, in this pandemic, what we saw was a strengthening of faith, a strengthening of the gospel and of our commitment and our, our, our desire and our knowledge of him, uh, to know him, 
because everything else got stripped away during the pandemic, right? Uh, what, what we were so used to and, and held on to, whether it be finances or comfort or routine, all of that got stripped away and all we had was God. And so that's what the purifying fire of persecution and trials, that's what it happens. That's what happens to the Christian. And so we're amongst that awesome salvation that we get to experience that type of um, uh, new life. And, and that's what, uh, it, it, even in the first part of First Peter, I know I, I'm just jumping to scripture, but I, I'm, I'm actually going to stop at some point. But even in the first part, we talked about uh, uh, this new birth into a living hope. That's what this is. As, as, new, as believers in, in, this, in this land, in this uh, as, as exiles, as strangers in this land, we have uh, a living hope, a living hope that, that, that has nothing, has, is not connected to the circumstances of our uh, today, here, our physical world, but all draws to who we are in Christ. That's this living hope. And so uh, today we, we're going to see basically... Um, we're going to see this salvation and how this was uh, told by, by, by prophets and, 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 and by uh, preachers. And, and, and we're going to see uh, almost like a, a jealousy uh, of the prophets, of, of us, of me and you. <laughs> um, they, they were hearing from God, but they were jealous or, or they were yearning, wanting to know about this salvation. And so uh, let, let me read. Y'all follow along with me. Um, First Peter, chapter one, verses ten through twelve. <clears throat> it says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when He testified in advance to the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Just catch a glimpse of it. Uh, I, I, I traveled recently. I was on a plane, and um, I mean, I, I don't have like a super strong fear of flying. I, I don't like it. I don't like the trap feeling, the you know it, that I can't get out, that I can't just walk outside. I don't like that feeling. But sometimes I usually get uh, get over that. But I had a new fear that popped up this uh, last time I traveled. Uh, we were flying. And um, we had some turbulence. I've had that before. We've all had it before. But this was early on in the flight. And I was like, what, what is going on? We just took off. And, you know, I, I'm, it, my heart's beating fast. And, but it continues. I'm thinking, oh, OK, that was the last one. And I don't even ride roller coasters, guys. So if a plane drops, you can imagine how I'm feeling at this point. And so and it drops again. And then it drops again. And then I look out the window and I see the wing like flapping. I'm like, the wing is not supposed to be doing that. That is not the way this is supposed to be happening. 
And I'm seeing all this, and, and, and so I'm just fearful. I'm looking at, and I look at Linda, and she's like staying calm, and I'm like, no, no, no. So, <clears throat> and I think we can all relate to this. I mean, most of us can relate to this. So when, when something on a plane happens, you hear a noise or turbulence, something really bad happens on a plane, what do we do, guys? What do we do when we say, okay, are we really in trouble? What do you do? Okay, pray. I'm sorry, I didn't think of that first. Anyway, pray, scream. But what do we do to try to figure out, is this really as bad as I think? Look around. You're looking for the stewardess, right? You're looking for a flight attendant. If they're panicked, you need to panic. But usually, what? they're all calm. And you know they've been trained to stay calm, right? You know they've tra been trained to to kind of keep this face because I've never seen them not like, you know, not in, completely in control. And so you look at them, why? You look at them to see, like, do I have something? Should I be worried? Should I be worried, right? And so I, I, the reason I, I, I think about that is because I think about what we just read. We, we, we read about these prophets and these angels and these pastors intensely searching out this salvation that, that is to come. And I look at it, and I'm just be transparent with you, and this excitement about this salvation, I don't always have, and I kind of want to look at them and look at their gaze, and I'm like, I want what they have. I want what this, that their, their heart is feeling about this coming salvation. Like even in preparation for, for this, guys, I was like, it, look, in, in, in verse 10, it says concerning this salvation. I, I say, God, this salvation, this salvation, God, reveal to me what this salvation is. And, and not, I, I, I don't want to just be able to write it out or tell somebody about it. I want to experience as the prophets were experiencing in that moment and, and, and investigated. Verse 10 says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They prophesied what God told them, and then they ran and grabbed the prophecy that they just spoke and started to investigate it. They started to dig deep into what God had told them because they wanted to know the time and the circumstances. Like, what, it, where, when is this all going to happen? Are we going to be a part of this amazing salvation? So I'm talking like this because is that how you think about your salvation? <laughs> like, I, that's how they were reading it. That's how they were prophesying it. That's how they were. Um, investigating it. This is a culmination of all the Old Testament prophets coming down to this one moment when Christ would come. Sanct bringing all things together uh, in turn to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 10. Or 9 and 10. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 says, He made known to us Sorry, I made y'all turn. Y'all don't need to turn. 
Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, it says, He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth. The magnitude of this, the, the culmination of all the prophets and all the, 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 the things that have happened and, and David seated on the throne was pointing to what? This moment that they prophesied about. They were telling people, this moment, this is what it's all about. The animal sacrifices couldn't alone atone for sins forever. But they prophesied of one that would take away the sins. The psalmist spoke about a, a savior that would cast our sins from as far as the east is from the west. They were, they were blown away by what God was showing them. And they said, is this, is this going to happen in our lifetime? Is this going to happen soon? And I look to them, and I'm, I'm looking at the, at the prophets, and I'm like, I want to yearn for this understanding as you yearn for it. You are jealous of me. I'm jealous of you. I want to see what you saw. I want to know what you knew in that moment when you heard from God and you said, this salvation, this salvation, this is where it is all about. This is the uniting of not only things in heaven, but things on earth. Let's look at verse 8. I know I preached this last week, but I think this communicates what this salvation is. Verse 8, we talked about this last week, uh, or two weeks ago. Though you have not seen him, you love him. This salvation, where you hadn't even seen him, but all of a sudden your heart yearns to please him and to know him. Where'd this come from? This amazing salvation where I felt distant from God, now I feel close to God. This salvation, this salvation, it, 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 it can't, just be, uh, can't just be written down and, and articulated from the pulpit. It's something lived and experienced because he's a living God. He's a God that, that when you open your Bible in the morning, He's living and active. He's actively talking and pursuing us in the word. We're pursuing him. There's this salvation. This is what the prophets were looking at. They were like, there's going to be a time when there is no, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's going to be a time when a, the Christ is going to be nailed to the cross and the veil will be torn from top to bottom and we'll have full access to pray and to love him and to know him. Huh. This is why they're so excited. This is why angels are like, what's going, what is about to happen? There's the excitement of, of verses 10 through 12 that, that, 
I've been asking God all week to say, God, give me, give me what, what, what this means for me personally. What does this mean for Pillar Church to, to, be, to want to investigate as the prophets did? To want to just sneak a peek, get a glimpse as the angels did. Now, this is what I want my heart to be excited about every morning I wake up. I want to know him. I want to see him. Verse 8 again, though you have not seen him, you love him. This salvation. Though you have not seen him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because you love him all of a sudden and because you, uh, you believe in him all of a sudden. This salvation. And you're receiving what? The goal of your faith. The end of your faith, some of your Bible says. The result of your faith. Do you see the result of your faith? Is knowing him. <laughs> this salvation is knowing him intimately and personally. Not growing a big church in East Fort Worth. That's not the result of your faith. The result of our faith is, 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 not, um, is not accomplishing one of our goals in life, starting a new business, graduating, getting our master's. The, the, the goal of our faith is to, even though we don't see him, we love him. Even though we hadn't seen him, we believe. And we receive the goal, the final end product of our faith is <laughs> to know him, is to believe in him, to surrender all of life to him. This is the excitement that they're feeling concerning this salvation, they say in verse 10 again, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace, the grace, that word, the grace. They knew they were living in undeserved mercy and grace in that time. But they were talking about this grace that they realized later that actually this grace that we're prophesying about is for you and, and me. This grace is abundant and it is that the Bible says is lavished on us. Ephesians tells us he's lavished grace on us. I like peanut butter and jelly. I don't like a little bit. I like to lavish it. I like to really spread the peanut butter on. This grace, yes, there is an abundant grace in the Old Testament time when he spoke to the prophets and the prophets spoke out, but there is an abundant grace that he has lavished on us through Jesus Christ and is atoning for our sins. That he, that they understood, they, 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 they comprehended the, the, the magnitude of, of that moment when Christ would suffer and then die. And I'm asking God for, for me, I'm asking God for you 
that we understand the magnitude of the moment. The magnitude of the moment when he would, he would come and suffer. He would come and suffer and die. And then rise from the grave. He would show his, his defeat over sin and death. So I, I want to I gaze. I want to I look at these prophets and I want to see what they're so excited about. I want to know what they're so excited about. It, it, it makes me think about times that, that some of you have maybe come to me and, and, and bragged on maybe one of my kids or, or Linda and, and, and saying, man, she's so funny. She, 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 you know, she helps me. She's so spiritual and all this stuff. And I'm like, I live with her. She's all right. <laughs> she's all right. But what does it make? It makes me jealous. I'm like, whoa, 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 this is my wife. And I'm like, and I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Maybe I'm not asking the right questions at home. Maybe, maybe I'm not listening deep enough at home. Y'all are talking. <laughs> Y'all are bragging. Y'all are excited about something that I, I have every day. My, my wife is, yes, she's awesome, but why are y'all more excited than me? about how amazing she is. And, and so what does it do? Just like it, the prophets, it, it makes me go home and say, wait a minute, let me listen a little closer. Let me lean in a little more. Oh, she is funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. How about we take the text as the prophets as they prophesied, they went and investigated their own words. This salvation, this is how we know this salvation. We investigate. We learn, we grow to know him in the word. This is what it means. This is what it means to to, to experience this salvation that they were they just wanted to catch a glimpse of. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance of the sufferings of Christ. So the spirit of Christ testified about the person of Christ in his coming. So this is the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, speaking through the Old Testament prophets, prophesying of his coming, prophesying of his suffering, prophesying of his death, his atoning work on the cross, and then, and then rising from the grave. This is, this is something that was foretold, and they wanted to dig deep, and they wanted to know more. to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that will follow, or the glory that would follow, the glories that will follow, the glory that will follow. 
we, we are, we're, we're presently experiencing those glories. It's not fully, we haven't fully experienced all that Christ has for us in this salvation, right? In the verses that we, that we read before, it talks about in, in the last time, in the time that he reveals himself. But right now, we are receiving. Where is that? In verse 9, because you are receiving, currently receiving the goal of your faith. You are currently experiencing the glories. That means that you do not have to wait to the end. You do not have to wait till you get older. You do not have to wait until you die to know him, to see him, to believe in him, to, to yield your life to him, to experience heaven here on earth. You do not have to wait for that. Your eternal life was given the moment you yielded your life to him and accepted him as your savior. You began to experience heaven in that moment. You began to experience your salvation in that moment. This is not us, us here grumbling and groaning about our everyday lives until what? We get to heaven. No. This is us experiencing heaven now. This is us experiencing him now. Let's carefully investigate as they did. They all in our business. <laughs> They're all wanting to know what we are going to experience. And I feel and I'm embarrassed because how many times have I carefully investigated this same salvation on this side of the cross? investigate, pour into the word. Not to just know the word so you can rebuttal people. <laughs> pour into the word that you would receive the sal this salvation. That you would know him. That though you not see him, you love him and you believe in him. Verse 11. Let's jump down to verse 11. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would, be, would follow. Verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you. By the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, angels long to catch a glimpse of these magnificent things. What we look at this text, what we look at verses 10 through 12 and, and yearn for the understanding That they wanted to, to experience. Yearn for it. Dig deep. To know this salvation. This, in, in verse 3 it says, this living hope, this new birth. 
the salvation that you can't experience unless Christ came and fulfilled all that was promised. This is only experienced to, to those on this side of the cross. They were prophesying about something that we would experience. We would know intimately. We would learn and grow in as, as a body, as a church. This is why this is somewhat of a, of a celebration. This is why when we come on Sundays, this is, this is the reason that, that there's an excitement about meeting together. And you say, man, I can be a Christian, you know, at home, right? But there's an excitement about the fact that we get to celebrate this great salvation together. And here, Pastor Derek going through the same emotions that I'm going through this morning and be encouraged and renewed in my faith. This is the reason, reason we come together on Wednesdays to pray. It's because there's somebody with, 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 with joy and excitement in their hearts. And, and, and Philippians says for them to sing. <laughs> and that person on that prayer call that comes in, they, they, they're hurting. They, they're, they're, they're lacking faith and they're, they're angry sometimes. And then, then we can all confess Christ and we can talk about this salvation together and be renewed in our faith. That's what, that's what this is, this, these, those Wednesdays and these Sundays, these gatherings, these discipleship groups. We get to talk about this salvation. This amazing work that he's done. Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, when the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That's not where my thought was. Ephesians, again, as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth. So why are they excited? They're excited. Because this is the culmination. This is the, the bringing together all of his promises in Jesus Christ. Pastor Canaan's told us so many times, the Old Testament points to who? It's Jesus Christ. So that's why this excitement is here. This is a verse that, that communicates that, that the, the Old Testament, the prophets and the preachers were pointing to the moment that he would come. They would come on this earth, that he would live perfectly. He would be under the law, but he would not cave to sin. But he would live perfectly and die as a perfect lamb. A perfect atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then he would die on that cross and then he would be buried and raised. That's what we're asking God to, to make us excited about, about this salvation. That's what we're longing for. That's what the angels were taking glimpses of of these things. Let's pray.
God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active. We welcome the activity of your word to continue into our hearts and penetrate our souls. Penetrate our souls with, with truth and understanding of who you are and your love, your care, your provision. For us to know the gospel not just in our heads, but to know the gospel in our hearts and our souls, that it would change the way we think and act and behave. It would change the way we view life. It would change our decision-making because what we once wanted, suddenly we don't want anymore because we experienced the gospel. We experienced this salvation. And it changed our decision-making, our thought process. It, it changed the way we came to church. It, ca- it changed the way we approached our kids. And it changed the way we approached singleness and how we approach marriage. And it, approach, it, it changed the way we approach life in general, God. Would this salvation be so evident to us? This, uh, this amazing gospel... God, may it be something that we don't just take for granted. But it's something that we would search after as the prophets did. That we would investigate. And that we would would desire to see it as, as the angels wanted to see it. We don't want to just hear about it. We don't want to just tell people about it. We want to see it. We want to believe it. And so, God, would you bless us to be able to see it, to know what this salvation is, and to commit together as a church and living it out? God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.